Welcome to the Goodness Pays Leadership Podcast. I'm Paul Botts, the founder and CEO of Good Leadership, an executive coaching firm headquartered in Minneapolis, Minnesota. This morning, we produced a virtual broadcast of the Good Leadership Breakfast Series, a leadership development event that's now in its 12th year programming. Today was our 90th episode. The pandemic forced us out of a ballroom with 200 people and into a TV studio. And yeah, we're learning that that's fun. Because we're broadcasting, we had guests from all over the country and many people who are new to the Good Leadership Breakfast. Our mission is to spread goodness through good leaders because we've proven goodness pays. Goodness is when people thrive together in a culture of encouragement, accountability, and positive teamwork. Our niche in the coaching industry is focusing on the idea good leadership is a team sport. Today's podcast expands on the conversation we shared with Ray Kowalik, the CEO of Burns McDonald. We focused on how accountability improves with a feeling of ownership. Let's meet our speaker for today. He's an accomplished engineer who is the CEO of one of the most successful employee-owned companies in the world. Ray Kowalik, will you please tell us, in one minute, what's the story of your firm, Burns & McDonald? Well, good morning, Paul. Um, I think the history of Burns & Mac is a real interesting one where it started with two founders, you know, over 100 years ago. But modern history and what we are today and really what drives our success is we became an employee-owned company in 1986. So that's our, our basis of what, what we are. But what we do in society is I always say we, we, tr- we try to solve the world's most challenging problems, you know, whether that's uh, clean energy, clean water, roads and bridges, um, cybersecurity, pretty much anything I, I tell people, anything you see or touch, uh, your office building, roads, your car, somehow engineering and what we do has been a part of that. And, you know, we, uh, we, we joke that we, uh, we save bat habitat, but we also make uh, frozen pizzas. In fact, we're building the, the largest frozen pizza assembly line uh, facility uh, right now, and it'll be producing 50 million pizzas, frozen pizzas a year. Fantastic. That's really fun to hear. You also described yourself as a corporate type during the week and, and a get your hands dirty kind of guy on the weekends. What was that all about? Yeah, I'm a pretty much a, a, a kind of a little bit of a homebody, like uh, speed thrills. And my wife and I and my daughter really like all those kind of things together. So we're, uh, you know, we've got a little farm that we go fishing and mushroom hunting on, but then uh, we also go uh, speed boating. In fact, I have a boat that goes over 100 miles an hour, and we do that every weekend that we're out on the water. Oh, that's so awesome. I, it, it's really fun to get to know you. So an important part of the breakfast is audience participation in polls during the meeting. It helps us improve the coaching work we do with the executive teams. So here's a snapshot of the information we collected today. Really high numbers. Uh, 95% of the people who polled today said their members of their team actively help one another succeed. 86% said their company culture is based on the idea that profitability is healthy for everyone in the business, not just executives and shareholders. And 93% say the members of their team are aligned and speak positively about their vision and plan. Um, This is really important data and it shows that, you know, like-minded people spend time together because you know, say having high numbers on those particular questions is, is a really high correlation to how goodness pays in organizations. We really appreciate everyone for participating in the polls. So now it's time to hear more from Ray Kowalik. 
Would you please share with us what does it actually mean to you that Burns & McDonald is an ESOP, an employee-owned company? You know, um, you talk about goodness and, you know, the question about whether, you know, uh, is profit a good thing or the right thing if you're an employee. And when you're an ESOP, uh, which ESOP stands for Employee Stock Ownership Plan, and it's a uh, federally qualified retirement plan, so it has those benefits, but is also governed by the laws of a federal qualified uh, retirement plan. But you have this uh, melting of being an employee and an owner together in how you make decisions, how you help each other, how you collaborate, how you act as people. You know, when everything you do is on behalf of yourself and each other, it really is an extremely, extremely powerful business model. And there's many business models out there that uh, have ownership structure. So all of them have uh, benefits. But I think ESOP has the most benefits. And that's in our case, 100% of our employees are owners in our company. So they're really motivated, not just for the short term, but really motivated for the long term also. Yeah, well, I know I know about that firsthand. A big influence on my career was when I was in the ESOP culture at a PR firm called Padilla Spear Beardsley. The values of financial transparency and exceptional client service that I learned there are now how we run our firm Good Leadership today. So a big thank you from me to the late John Beardsley and my favorite boss ever, Lynn Casey, and Padilla's new president, Matt Kuharski. Um, they were the role models that taught me those values you just discussed. So. It's obvious that the financial track record of Burns & McDonald supports the basic premise of this breakfast. The theme today is about accountability. So in what ways do you see accountability alive in the culture at Burns & McDonald? You know, I think accountability is the key to success in life and business. Um, you, you have to be accountable to yourself and accountable to each other. And ESOP provides that you know, framework, you know, I'll call it the foundation for that, but then how you act is really how defines how well you you actually perform in that. And, you know, we, we are accountable to each other, but we're also um, accountable to our shareholders and to our employees. And it's really difficult to uh, measure things like accountability or collaboration. I, I think there's Know, lagging indicators, you know, client satisfaction and growth of your company. But the leading indicators are kind of hard to see. I watch and I ask lots of questions. I watch how our teams interact. I watch how they help each other. Um, we actually made a, a strategic um, investment to uh, do something called enterprise accounts. And those enterprise accounts, we measure how well we cross sell for our other groups. And it's amazing how those customers and our cross-selling and different business lines now to have more opportunities at those same enterprise accounts. And when it doesn't benefit you, but it benefits the company when you do things like that, and it's it's things like how we who we promote, you know, the, the actions and the types of people and what they how they act in helping others that really, I think, define your culture, that that's what you value. And in our company, we're accountable to each other, and we, but we got to not create a, a culture where people will do things on behalf of themselves at the expense of others or the company. And, you know, no organization is perfect, but uh, it's something we strive for in our leadership team and what I look for when I promote people or when put them into leadership positions. 
So it never ceases to amaze me how people like you uh, have so many different paths to get to the job of the CEO. So did you always want to be a CEO? Or if not, you know, what was the path that you had to becoming one? You know, I've never been a person that kind of um, outlines where they want to go or what the steps I have to do to, to get to the next level. I'm pretty much a believer of living in the moment and doing the best you can at what you're doing at the current situation. I always wanted to be in a position of providing influence and in leadership, whether that turned into the CEO position or not was not my ambition in life or goal in life. It was just my goal in life was to always make the organization better, make myself better and help others succeed. And if that meant a promotion or didn't mean a promotion, that wasn't uh, what motivated me. And it doesn't mean that I, you know, didn't hope someday I might, you know, become the CEO or in a, you know, running a part of our organization. But it's not something I worried about. I thought that if I just did the best I could and, and performed well, that my opportunities would come to me. Well, I, I always love to hear that journey. Um, and there's always pivot points in there we can maybe probe down for a little bit later. Uh, in some of the coaching that we do with our clients, um, when we first meet them, they're really fascinated by this idea that uh, people are not really uh, very accountable. So I'm curious to find out, you know, in your idea, in, in, from your perspective, if we're not an ESOP company, um, and if we're not an engineering firm, um, what do you think people can learn about accountability from you? Well, I think accountability is not a, um, something that you just do in the corporate world, right? You're accountable to your communities, you're accountable to your family, you're accountable to your health. And as soon as you uh, um, go through life thinking that anything that happens to you is because of outside influences and not in your control, you're going to have a hard time being successful in life. So accountability is uh, just something that should be um, ingrained in all of us to uh, perform for ourselves, for our families, and for our companies. And I think the key in the corporate world is, you know, how we're how we're rewarding and measuring that accountability. You know, you can create an environment where accountability creates collaboration, or you can create an environment where accountability can create um, silos. So how do you balance those two um, parts of accountability? Because if it's everybody's looking at I'm accountable for my results and I don't care about the rest of my organization, then you're going to have failures too. So how do you get that balance of accountability for the good of all? And so then to me, that becomes what kind of a reward system do you put in place for that, whether it's how you promote or whether it's how you compensate or how you bonus or whatever the case may be in your organization, the actions of how you make your company a better place, how do you reward the people that uh, do that? And slowly, maybe fast, but slowly, generally, people start to follow the leadership styles of the people that they work for because they think that will get them to their next level. So. It, it will happen, it may not happen overnight, but it'll happen with time if you make all those right decisions. Yeah, one of the basic concepts here is that um, we have to assume that people are always watching. They're watching who you promote. They're, they're watching who gets rewarded. And over time, you get what you reward. Um, so if I interviewed your 
executive team. What do you think they would tell me about how you lead that team? Yeah, I, I'm a very much um, a authentic, genuine. I'm not a person that kind of runs around the edges of my conversations with people. And so I think that that's how they would describe me. Um, I, I'm very much not a decision maker for them. I ask them a lot of questions, listen to their thought process and kind of just say, you guys seem to have a really good handle on this and uh, um, good luck, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're going to be, mm -hmm. you're going to make some good decisions if you're with that thought process. So I think they're, they also describe me very much as a hands-off leader because I'm very much a evaluator of the person and their leadership more so than the, their results. Um, hired a couple of people from outside. I'm a big, huge believer of promoting from within. But when I've, uh, when I've hired from the outside, I've made it very clear that I don't measure success in short windows. Okay. So I've said, I've, in the first year, I'm gonna judge you know, how well you're communicating with your team, how well you're listening, how well you're formulating your thoughts about how to uh, make the, the business better. Second year, I'm going to evaluate how well that's going, how if we're heading in the right direction, you know, measured by sales or turnover or, you know, how, how's the organization moving? And then in the third year, I'm going to evaluate and accountable that how's the how's the business doing? Because none of this happens quickly. And especially if you hire people from outside, they have to learn, they have to listen, they have to understand the people they work with. And if they don't, then they're not going to be genuine, authentic accountable leaders. So, um, but you can't put that short window, short window on people. I, I was yeah. uh, one of my guys. In fact, he goes, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't call me. I had a bad month. And I go, I don't care what your month was. I want to know, you know, where you're going long-term. How's, how's the year looking? How's two years from now looking? How's five years from now looking? He goes, I used to get a call every Monday if I didn't meet my numbers. And I said, that's pretty short-sighted. Yeah. Yeah, well, your perspective is consistent with the research we've done. We've seen that the highest performing, you know, business unit leaders or C-level leaders, it takes three years to really understand the job. And so um, I, I just really appreciate that. I consider what you said there a success habit, and that's the kind of thing that we can share with other clients as we go forward. So I want to ask you about a different side of leadership. I've heard through the grapevine that one of your skills is that you really know how to pick people up to, to lead with encouragement during disappointments. Um, can you share with us you know, what one of those disappointments might have looked like for Burns and McDonald and what did you do to pick people up? Yeah, I mean, um, I think that's where you really find out about people is during times of uh, when they're not so good and during disappointments, it's not when things are going great. And as a leader, it's, uh, you know, when things don't go your way or like you wanted them to go, it's, um, it's very disheartening. And, you know, you think that you've let down your team and, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's tough. But I think the, the, the difference really of a good leader is how you, um, how you react to that, not internally, but externally. And we've, uh, we've had some projects we were really counting on. We were going to build the airport here in Kansas City, which are, team and all our employees were really excited about and it didn't go our way and um you know it was tough and lots of bad press and bad you know from our some of our employees that i can't believe we didn't win our hometown job and you know we just had to um we had to explain that you know sometimes uh, the political influences are more important than making good decisions 
and I always uh, lead with the uh, motto that we're always going to do the right thing and deal with the consequences. And we did the right thing for the right reason um, with that project, but the outcome wasn't in our favor. And the consequence was we had a lot of dis, uh, you know, disheartened people and disappointed people. And so I think then we have to say, well, it's good, you know, and we learned from it, right? We learned what we did wrong, but we also learned, you know, that the industry was craving that and outcome from that, almost everything that's ever happened that was not positive in my life, a bad outcome, usually something much better came along. And soon after that project, we won some incredibly uh, profitable, challenging, great projects that honestly we couldn't have done if we were working on that project because it was such a uh, uh, large effort on our team. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it hurts, but if you do the right thing long-term, it always pays off and you just gotta prevent, you gotta present that to your teams. At this point in the program, we acknowledged our sponsors and raised some money through a program we call the Bucket of Goodwill. It was facilitated by my sidekick at the breakfast, Chloe Radcliffe, who we also call our goodness barista. Her job is to whip up an online buzz about goodness during the breakfast. She also collected questions from the audience, and we'll jump back in here. But, you know, now let's get back to Ray. Um, hey, Chloe, I'm sure you've been collecting some interesting questions. So what questions can you uh, get us started with for Ray? Yeah, so the first question we have is, Ray, what is something you are personally focusing on for 2021? Yeah, it's, um, well, I, I would say 90% of my thoughts is what's our future work uh, environment gonna look like, right? It's, um, you talk about divisive in society, there's a lot of divisiveness about working from home versus working from the office, how much of each and what that should look like in the future and how to uh, make an, a decision in an environment that uh, that works, right? It works for those people's careers, for the company, for, uh, for our customers, for communities. And that's a huge focus. So, you know, it's, it's been, it's been tough there. You know, uh, we've, we've actually had incredible sales in the last uh, four or five months. So from a business perspective, what we're really focusing on is execution because we're extremely, extremely busy and uh, we, uh, we need to really do a good job of executing our projects so that we, uh, we, we take care of our customers like they're accustomed to. You know, I'm really glad you said that, Ray. I think what we've learned across our client base is that um, what you're thinking about is what most of our client uh, CEOs are thinking about. You know, what does what does back to work look like? What does that mean for our future? But also, you know, how do we overcome the basic sloppiness that kind of happens when we're living and working this way? We're just not quite keeping up the way we used to. So I'm, I really appreciate that. Uh, Chloe, do you have a have another audience question? Yeah, we have we have one last audience question, and that is, uh, Ray, will you tell us about the boat that you went 100 miles an hour in? Yeah. I love you. You better uh, sit back if you want to hear me talk about boats, because I, uh, I just love them from I love them from a technology and engineering perspective. But I love them from the uh, thrill uh, seeker that uh, that I am. So uh, the boat that I that I that I own, I have friends that have uh, really fast boats that do 170, 180 miles an hour. Those actually spook me a little because you can die in them. But uh, my boat has, uh, it's called a cigarette boat, has two 1100 horsepower engines in them. 
um, two big old turbocharged uh, V8 engines, and uh, that boat will go about 120 miles an hour, uh, but very safely. I know that's hard for people to believe, but uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a boat designed for that speed. It is, uh, it's very well built and uh, very well at self-correcting itself if you make mistakes. And so um, we enjoy doing that. And luckily, uh, like I said, my whole family's the same way. So we, we enjoy doing that. In fact, picking up the boat tomorrow morning and we'll be doing 100 tomorrow. Okay, Ray, so we also collected some questions from the audience. And the first question is, how did Burns and McDonald fare through the, the pandemic? Yeah, you know, um, I was actually in Florida on vacation when the, I'll, I call it the that first week of March where it went from, from oh, this could be a problem to uh, the day the NBA shut down. And I knew, I knew that this was really gonna be a serious issue. Mm -hmm. And um, we, had a, we had a really rough stretch because um, mainly because oil, um, a large part of our business tie, tied to the oil business, um, they really struggled. The oil and gas business really struggled. And we had uh, almost every project we were working on the oil and gas business uh, for, for the, because they wanted to conserve cash, cancel, stop, postpone, whatever the word uh, you want to use, because um, we're hopeful they, they may come back. And uh, we had to really, we had to really scramble. We had to really scramble. And we were really excited because we have very diversified sets of services we provide. So we moved a lot of people around and, and just kind of scratched and clawed. And it was interesting about uh, late summer, early fall, we just watched everything kind of just start taking off again. And um, in the fourth quarter and into the first quarter of 21, our sales are by far, we've had 50% more sales in that window than we did the previous year. Mm. And uh, it's just uh, it's starting to boom again. You know, um, it's a different market, a different economy, but uh, it's, uh, it's really booming for us. Well, uh, there's a gentleman named Nick Hauser who's here in Minnesota who sent this question in saying, after listening to you, Ray, I'm happy that my son, Alex, is joining a great company after he graduates from Iowa State this May. Um, he's excited about his opportunity. What do you think uh, he should expect as a new employee? How, what's his uh, integration going to look like into Burns & McDonald? Yeah, we, um, that's kind of our bread and butter. We, we really like to hire a lot of uh, new grads um, we probably this year will bring on uh, between just in the summertime around 350 new grads into our organization. And we believe that's the uh, best way to grow is to, to really train them, help them be successful. So I think you'll uh, immediately get into an environment of collaboration and uh, an opportunity to, to uh, work well with others. We've made the decision that our interns and new grads will be an in-person experience this summer because we don't think we can onboard and culturize and help and mentor new employees uh, virtually very well. Um, obviously, that's going to be highly dependent on locations and local mm -hmm. uh, rules. Uh, just anecdotally, um, at our company, we're already 65% vaccinated. Um, and over 50% of our interns and new grads have uh, told us they're coming in, and this is still a few weeks out, and have already been uh, vaccinated. So we, uh, we're, we're, we're pretty excited to be back in person because we're really 
we think that's a, such an important part of our culture and what we are. Yeah, let's talk about that culture a little bit. There's one question about um, my comment I made during the broadcast about the run to the fire mantra that you guys have in the culture. So maybe you can combine that with uh, an accountability story from somebody on your team that just really did something that was um, really accountable in a good way. Yeah, and you know, and again, I've, um, I always say it's in, in tough times where you find out the real character of people. And uh, we had a we had a project going in Nebraska that was not going well. It was actually a uh, more of a demonstration project, so we had lots of challenges just from a technology standpoint. And a customer that uh, was changing, you know, a lot of the um, inputs um, for our our product um, as we were building the project, it was creating it to be late and over budget and and an upset uh, customer. And, you know, we, we saw that this was not going well and that the customer wasn't, uh, wasn't happy. So we had uh, two, two of our senior executives that uh, were involved in that project moved to the job site, moved there and spent six days a week there for about three or four months to get that project over the finish line and show the customer how important it was that we were there and committed to, to finishing. And uh, we told them, if you pay us, don't pay us for those services, that's not important. We just wanna show you that we're, we're here to, uh, to, to provide that service and that uh, we wanna make sure your project is successful. And isn't that one of the biggest benefits of the ESOP culture is an inherently long view? Right, and exactly, right? I mean, this is a, a huge, huge uh, um, entity. In fact, uh, um, not to give away who the ultimate owner is, he's one of the uh, um, five richest uh, people in the United States. And I, I had the opportunity to be on a uh, flight with him, something that I bought at a charity auction. So on his private plane, and I, I, I mentioned that project and that we were disappointed. And he goes, you know, that project, I was surprised he knew about it, number one. And uh, he goes, that project was turned out that it just wasn't a good idea. And that's nobody's fault other than market conditions had changed and had changed what we thought would drive that being a good project. He goes, that's, uh, that's part of business. And I, I was impressed at how little he was concerned about that outcome of that project. Well, then it's a really good thing that nobody's reputation got hurt in, it, in that case, yeah. Well, yeah. I, the last question I want to ask you is to, about the foundation. Uh, you know, you um, part of the hallmark of Burns and McDonald's, you're a very generous company. I expect that there's kind of a lot of pressure on the leaders to be involved in a whole bunch of things. Tell us a little bit about the foundation and how that all works in your culture. So we have a foundation that uh, is used to support our communities where we work and where we live. And uh, we, uh, we support uh, all kinds of causes. Uh, we have a very much a focus on education for our foundation. And I, I have a strong personal belief that if you look at any uh, societal woes or poverty, they all start with uh, education and leadership and getting uh, great leadership in place and having educational opportunities is really the only way you solve any of the world's problems and societal problems. So the foundation is very much uh, focused on that, although that we also give to, you know, help in other things. We've talked about mental health and and wellness and in um, helping those in need also. But 
Uh, we started that foundation about, uh, was about uh, 30 years ago and we've grown it. Um, we also have a matching gifts program in there because we also want our employees to understand that they can pick their own cause and not the company just picking what we believe is uh, important for the future of our communities where we live and work. So uh, it's been a really huge success. Um, it's part of our culture um, and our leadership. It's a, it's a, um, we like to say it's a duty. Uh, we don't say it's a, uh, a requirement. We say it's a duty that you get involved, help, and, and, and do those things that make you a great leader inside and outside of our company. Yeah, well, to those who much is given, much is expected. So yeah, awesome. So before we say goodbye to Ray, we always ask this one question of our speakers, and that question is this. So Ray, what evidence can you share with us that you know for sure that goodness pays for you in your leadership? You know, that's a very thought-provoking question. And I uh, actually do my best thinking while I walk my dog. And uh, I just sit there and think about that question of how do you know that the things you're doing and the way you act and what you believe in is actually working and that it and it pays, right? I know, you know, it pays from self gratification and fulfillment that you're doing the right thing. But how do you know that it actually, you know, works for business and works in, in life? And I think my, as I, I self-reflected on this, I, um, I, I thought about our leadership and I thought about, you know, the people that are the ones that are good people that are, you know, good spouses that are good friends that are good you know to your communities that are charitable it's they are the same great leaders in your organization they're the people that really worry about their employees worry about their customers think about others before themselves and that attitude is no or the, those skills are no different whether you're in life or in the business and you see that those people have just incredible success. People follow them and will do anything to help be part of that bigger picture and help them have success. And when I look at our leadership team, it is just filled, absolutely filled with those kind of people that never talk about themselves. They talk about what their teams and their people and what they've done. And I know that that, that it pays because you see it, right? And in, in our, our company's success, because those are the kind of people that are leading our organization. You know, I was really captivated by um, something you told me when we did our interview, Ray. You said that part of the culture at Burns and Mac is that people run to the fire. And that's kind of a cultural mantra for you. Um, so to understand goodness is to em embrace a bias that we have for helping other people in any circumstances, like run to the fire. So to close today's breakfast, I'm just gonna reframe the word fire as the assault on our culture over the past year. That includes the pandemic and the anger around racial injustice, which everyone's seen Minneapolis on the news over the last week or so. So for many of us, being told we had to work from home and canceling travel plans and social events, that was the extent of our hardship. Running to the fire in that situation was learning to embrace and make the best of the isolation for those of us who didn't get sick during the pandemic, we'll likely get over the trauma of this last year relatively soon. But there were others, particularly those who work in hospitals, who literally ran to the fire in ways that were not optional. 
They couldn't work from home and they held the hands of the people who died from COVID. Their recovery will be much more complicated. Our speaker next month, Megan Remark, will share some of the intimate details of how she led Regions Hospital by running to the fire. Regions is the center of the wheel in a very racially diverse community in St. Paul, Minnesota, just across the river from here. Her hospital was filled to capacity during the pandemic. And some of the violence-related injuries surrounding the deaths of George Floyd and Dante Wright literally spilled into her workplace through the doors of the emergency department. So next month, when Megan makes her second appearance as a speaker at the breakfast, I'm looking forward to hearing how her sense of identity, purpose, and her hopes for the future have been shaped by running to the fire over the past 15 months. We have so much to learn from her, both personally and professionally about teamwork, about resilience, about basic goodness. So before I sign off today, it's important that we at Good Leadership express our gratitude for leaders like Ray Kowalik and for sponsors like Old National Bank and Twin Cities Orthopedics and specifically today, Lockton. Through your encouragement, we've continued to research the business benefits of how goodness pays and experiment with innovative coaching tools and systems to help executive teams thrive together. Let's all make the promise to be good leaders who radiate goodness today and every day because the world needs us to spread goodness because goodness pays. Thank you everyone, we'll see you on May 28. To everyone, uh, thank you for listening today and uh, congratulations on investing in your development as a good leader. Uh, we need leaders to think of themselves as radiating goodness. We appreciate your support and encouragement to keep this programming going. For information about the executive team coaching programs of Good Leadership, you can visit goodleadership.com. The next Good Leadership Breakfast is at 9 a.m. Central Time on Friday, May 28. You can register for free at goodleadership.com. We'll record another one of these podcasts with our speaker, Megan Remark, who's the CEO of Regents Hospital. That's one of the top 50 hospitals in America. See you then.